keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your Day six of our 90-day challenge. Why don't you tell somebody to join you today? The topic is worship takes preparation. Exodus 14, 13 through 31. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud, a darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these so that the one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left, and the Egyptians pursued. And went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, 
and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, there remained not so much as one of them, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. And he is become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare him an habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. And that is the conclusion of our reading today. If you noticed, I switched to the KJV. I grew up on the KJV. I actually thought you weren't saved if you read any other version but the KJV. But I thank God that over time, my understanding of the Gospels has evolved. And one of my references and recommendations is for you to read the version you understand. For what would it count for you to read a version that you don't understand? Nevertheless, I want to talk a little bit about worship taking preparation. That's the title of my worship thought today. Worship takes preparation. Did you know that the first song ever recorded in scripture happened in the book of Exodus? It may seem like a small fact to some, but it's major to me. Why? Because Exodus means to exit. We learned that in the previous entry, the children of Israel were not just exiting Egypt, they were exiting bondage. Another way to look at it is that they were walking into freedom. Could it be that God is trying to teach us something beautiful about the power of a worship song? Could it be that for some of us, bondage is holding our song hostage? For others of us, there is a wilderness waiting for you on the other side of the exit. And for maybe just one of us, God is giving you your song back. God is giving you your voice back. God is giving you your freedom back and your life back. Trust me, it's hard to sing a song about God when you are still chained to the strongholds of past bondage. In Exodus 14, the words Moses sang included these words, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare him an habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. What does it mean to prepare for worship? It's simple. Take time to make meaningful God encounters. I'm not talking about the event on Sunday. I'm talking about Monday through Saturday. I'm talking about the moments you spend with you and your maker. Make it meaningful. Make it delicious. Make it so delectable that people will scan your life's menu and want to sample what you have seasoned. Preparation for you may be totally different than what that looks like for me, but for all of us, worship requires preparation. Worship, in my opinion, should not be a last minute shopper's item that we run into and rush out of quickly. Worship takes preparation. 
When we prepare for worship, we make ready the sanctuary of our heart. When we prepare for worship, we concentrate on communion with God. We prepare to be a sanctuary, a holy residence. Exodus 15, 2 calls it a habitation for God. Think about it this way. When friends call to say they are coming over, what is the first thing that you do? You prepare your house for your special guests, even if the house is already clean. You make it guest accessible. You light a new candle. You rearrange the bathroom towels. You take out snacks or you prepare dinner in advance. Now think about when a friend stops by unannounced. Even if the house is clean, that doesn't mean it's ready. So sometimes you'll ask them to give you a minute to tidy up. Other times you'll apologize for the house not being the way you intended. Now, think about God as the ultimate guest of honor. If God pops up at the door of your heart and says, I want time with you, how would you prepare for him? What notifications would you turn off? What room would need to be decluttered? I believe that the goal of every worshiper is to be made into a house of prayer, a habitation where God doesn't feel like a guest, but a close, close friend that is always welcome to commune with you any time of the day. I am so grateful for my Pentecostal Baptist upbringing. On my dad's side of the family, the deacons would literally open the doors of the church. They would turn on the lights. And when I got there for choir rehearsal, everything was already done. But on my mom's side, my grandparents left it to me to turn on the heat or the lights and test the microphones. I had to prepare differently because my responsibility demanded more. I wasn't just a choir member. I was the choir director, the musician, the leader, plus the usher, the altar worker, the praise team, the soprano, the alto, the tenor. You get the point. I was anything, everything or nothing at all. That was the best part about growing up. In a small church, I learned how to do a little bit of everything. But on the flip side, no matter how good I became at setting things up quickly, I still had to arrive early to make sure everything was right for service. Worship is no different. Today, set an intention to prepare for God. He is your strength and your song and has become your salvation. So what is your worship work today? I want you to schedule a special time and place for you and God. I want you to prepare for this encounter the same way you would prepare for a date or for a special dinner. Maybe create a worship playlist, but whatever you do, be intentional today about preparing to be a sanctuary for the Savior. As I communicate that worship work, I thought about when I first went to college, I would designate every Wednesday morning as my Wednesday worship time with God. I'd wake up at four o'clock in the morning. I'd go to my grandfather's church. I would wear all white. I would have a playlist, a song, a CD. Come on, y'all. A CD that was designated with certain songs. I would light a candle. I would put out some white sheets and I would just bask in God's presence. Sometimes the hour would go by so quickly that I didn't even know where the time went. That was when they called me deep. That was when they called me overly church. That was when they called me too spiritually bound and no earthly good. But I miss that me. I miss that person who loved God enough to put and plaster God's child on the front decal of my car. I miss the one that took more time preparing for worship 
than the worship occasion itself. And I feel like there are some people listening to me today. God misses that part of you. God misses the authentic you. Even though it may not matter to others, no, every detail matters to God. With that in mind, let's pray. Special guest of honor, Lord of hosts, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Lord, reside in me, rest in me, my King. You have complete control over this temple. As I prepare to worship, remove all distractions, renew my mind and help me to keep my focus on you. Amen. Lord, prepare me, come on, to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Say, Lord, prepare me, Lord, prepare me. Sanctuary. Sanctuary for you. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. We cry, Holy Spirit. 
heart becomes free. And my shame is undone. Inside of your presence, Lord. Come on, let's lift that up. See, Holy Spirit, you are. Why don't you fly this place, Lord?